0: Hello, Let's Talk AI listeners. Today we have something a little bit different for you. It's a panel discussion on GANs done to mark the launch of the GAN specialization on Coursera, which I hope you take and is what I will be teaching. This panel discussion convenes Ian Goodfellow, who is the inventor of GANs, Anima Anand Kumar, who's the Director of Machine Learning Research at NVIDIA, and NVIDIA builds amazing GANs, state-of-the-art GANs. Uh, we're joined by Alexi Afros from Berkeley. He's a professor there and has... Pr- And his lab has produced some of the most amazing state-of-the-art GANs as well, especially around style transfer for turning a horse into a zebra, for example. And finally, we'll also have Andrew Ng, my advisor there uh, with me, and I'll be moderating the panel for hopefully some fun discussion, uh, but also for some insightful advice uh, to listeners out there.
1: So Sharon, I'll turn it over to you now.
0: Thanks so much, Ryan. And if what you saw in the keynotes caught your fancy or went over your head, that's what the specialization is here for. And you'll get to learn from the very basics of what is a GAN to the the state-of-the-art and style GAN that Anima had shown. So with those fantastic keynotes from Ian and Anima, let's start off by letting the new faces in the room, Alexi and Andrew, say hi to our audience. Alexi. Hi.
2: Well done, Alexey.
0: Hey, <laughs> maybe a sentence about yourself. <laughs> oh,
2: me. Oh, hey. Go for it, Alexi.
3: Hi, I'm I'm I'm, First, I'm, um, I'm a I'm I'm professor in um, at UC Berkeley doing computer vision and um, computational photography. And um, I've been a huge fan of GANs. I I don't fall in love with papers often, but This was definitely love at first sight. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to be, you know, part of this, of this GAN story.
2: runs thanks to all of you from all 140 countries and all the time zones for joining us uh, middle of the night, morning, evening. Um, It's really exciting to be here. Yeah, I had the pleasure of knowing Ian for a long time. It's great to reconnect with him and uh, Alexi, whom I think I first met when we were both, uh, uh, PhD, uh, about the entry of PhD programs. And we ran into each other, touring different university campuses. Uh, and, and and really grateful as well that Anima and Sharon are here. Um, GANs are a big movement. You know, it's one of those amazing technologies that frankly wasn't working so well six years ago when Ian published his first paper, but now has really taken off. Thanks to, thanks to the work of really NVIDIA and many other groups around the world. And if music is poised to, um, find a lot of exciting applications. Um, and I was really struck by Ian and Anima's comments on the concrete use cases where um, GANs are no longer, you know, something that generates cool pictures. You look on the internet. So things that are really useful and are going to people's mouth in the dentist's office. So I, I hope that some of you uh, watching online today will take the GAN specialization and learn about these tools and then go help build amazing things. They'll go make life better for a lot of people.
0: Thank you, Alexi and Andrew. Uh, For the next 30 minutes or so, I'll be asking some questions to our panelists. And while I'll be directing questions to a specific person, I'd also like to encourage any of you panelists to jump in and offer your input in the conversation. So starting with Alexi, uh, can you tell us a bit about what your lab has been working on recently? Students in the specialization will be spending a large chunk of time learning about work from uh, you and your students.
3: Um, sure. I, I, as I said, I'm a big fan of Gans, so the, the, um, you know, there is a lot of th- things that that happen in in Gans. Thank you, uh, Ian, for uh, giving a shout out to our uh, work with Gladwell on the on the dental reconstruction. This was done with my wonderful colleague Stella Yu. Um, uh, we are lately we have been really thinking hard about disentanglement, just like Anima and because I'm, I'm really focused on unsupervised learning. We have been looking at, at, at disentanglement in an unsupervised setting, and we have a, a several papers on that trying to use a Hessian penalty for disentanglement and also uh, thinking about using contrastive learning uh, for kind of disentangling texture from structure. We have a couple of very recent papers. One is, uh, is on kind of replacing the cycle GAN uh, cycles and cycle again with a constructive uh, contrastive learning um, that was in ECCV, uh, and we have a just brand new paper at NeurIPS called uh, "Swapping Out Encoders," where we are kind of separating the style and the content uh, again in an unsupervised way that we're pretty excited about. Uh, apart from that, I, I've been working for a long time in self-supervised learning again. You know going away from I'm I don't like labels, so I'm trying to stay away from labels. And I've been also pushing against uh I also don't like data sets, even though I, I love data, but I don't like the fact that they're they're stationary and 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 so we have been really focusing on uh online kind of streaming data learning. And so we have a paper on um on on test time training where we're basically like uh Adjust, adapt to the streaming data in an online way, and so I think. But this is just starting, and I think there is a lot of cool directions there. Yeah,
0: fantastic! I love your contrastive learning paper, and uh, uh, we are also in our lab with Andrew uh, looking at disentanglement. So that seems to be a trend here. Uh,
3: but well, through in, in, a, in a sense, I think GANs are doing a lot of the disentanglement. Even if you just, just take the you know the the brand just this off-the-shelf style GAN or big GAN. There is a lot of cool disentanglement there already and we just don't quite understand, you know, how much is in there. So I think this is this is one of the kind of exciting directions now, yeah.
0: Yes, very much so. And a huge trend in research right now. Uh, speaking of trends, uh, Andrew, what trends around GANs are you most excited about?
2: By the way, not sure if I should say this, sadly, uh, uh, our submission to Neuros on disentanglement did not get accepted, but that's okay. You know, you you it you. Happens, to, happens to everyone, you live and you move on uh, and then you try again. Um, excited about, trends I'm excited about, you know, I think that um, there's so much basic research on GANs that's still going on, and that's great, right? Clearly, uh, the technology, uh, innovations, new new modes still going on, is great. What I see is um, in the in tech deep learning world over and over a pattern you see is there's a new technology. It works amazingly well in the lab. Um, and this opens up the door for a lot of exciting creative applications. I think you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, we started to see this as supervised deep learning. And then we saw a lot of dominoes topple. Deep learning has its first major impact in speech recognition followed by computer vision, image net, and then I saw same transmission in NLP and, and and so on and so on. And GANs patent matches to me to one of those amazing those technologies and now it works so well. You look at pictures you go, wow, this is so cool. Um, but I'm really excited about exploring all the ways to take these and put them into, into useful, Uh, 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 applications, which is actually really difficult. The whole AI world is not great, uh, frankly, at bridging the Mm -hmm. research, the proof of concept to the production gap. But when Ian talked about um, the gaze tracking, you're mapping one eye, the computer graphics eye to another one, it turns out that in order to apply that broadly across many industries and many problems, I think there'll be a lot of important stuff to solve, right? What happens if the mapping doesn't work? How do you make sure you don't have mode collapse or training problems or all, all of those are issues? Not just when uh, Ian is at the one at the keyboard working at making it work well, but how to make it systematic so that many teams, hundreds of thousands of teams across the industry um, can make it work. And I, I'm also excited about the creativity that GANs could Unleash everything from, you know, Photoshop 2.0 uh, uh, to, to all the ways, all the ways we have to manipulate images. I hadn't realized um, Apple had such cool work on AR using GANs, but I think all the creativity, we need more people to understand these algorithms so that they can be the creative ones to come with the cooling applications.
0: Thanks, Andrew. And I think Anima also has uh, maybe shares that, uh, Perspectives, and she does spare, uh, spend her time between NVIDIA and Caltech. Uh, Anima, what are some of the unique challenges of applying GANs to business that you see, even if you're at NVIDIA and have a seemingly infinite supply of GPUs?
4: Well, uh, you know, it's it's really exciting to be working at NVIDIA, but like everyone else of course you know we want to make a good case for why we use gpus right and use it for uh, good benefits to humanity and and that's where i'm very excited by you know, by my colleagues at Nvidia who've been pushing so hard and making uh, GANs uh, photorealistic, you know, get to these really high-quality images that have now passed the Turing test. You know, whether it's StyleGAN, uh, Gogan has, I think, now maybe even up to a million downloads, where you can turn into an artist and you can you know, give like rough broad brushes of the landscape you wanna draw and then it turns it into a really impressive uh, image. Uh, And then also moving more into the 3D world, you know, how to do generation there, what are challenges and how to do it at scale. Uh, That's where there've been a lot of great researchers at NVIDIA looking into these cutting edge uh, topics uh, in generative models. So more on the Caltech side, what I'm excited is looking at interdisciplinary research, right? And uh, especially talking to neuroscientists like such as Doris Hall, and looking at how we can get inspiration from how our brain you know, does this. You know, Does the brain have a generative model? Apparently that question is still open and unanswered, but we do have some form of feedback. We do have some form of representations of the world around us and we when we are seeing and perceiving we are hallucinating uh, to get to the actual image we are not just taking an in external input from the world we are also building based on our internal representations and uh, doing it as a feedback and so some of the recent work we've been looking at is how to add this kind of feedback to any standard feed neural network architecture And that can be a lot more robust to all kinds of corruptions that it hasn't seen during training, Uh, because that's the other important aspect to bring it to the real world that these models have to be robust, the current brittleness that even if you have a small amount of imperceptible noise, it's completely going to throw off your predictions is not Uh, one that can be brought into the real world. And so looking at how we can get inspired from the mechanisms in our brain and trying to bring some of that into uh, neural network architectures, like feedback uh, is something that's uh, been very exciting.
0: Very cool and very salient. Uh, Going off of kind of the utility of GANs, uh, Ian, can you expand a bit more on some of the topics you mentioned on using GANs for good from your keynote? particularly pertaining to perhaps differential privacy or combating bias?
1: Yeah, and a lot of these are areas that have only had little nibbles on them in the research literature that I'm hoping people from this event go on to explore in more depth. One of them is differential privacy. The idea behind differential privacy is you can train a machine learning model in a way where it doesn't memorize the individual characteristics of individual examples in the training set. So if that model you're training is a GAN, it can then make you new data without revealing anything about the real data that went into it at the start. That's super powerful for medicine. We've seen a proof of concept from Casey Green's lab where they actually trained GANs on medical data, and then they're able to make new fake medical data that can be released publicly and effectively an infinite amount of it, Um, especially because it's really hard to pool data from different clinics because of things like HIPAA considerations. Things like differentially private generative models seems like a really good way to get over the data scarcity problem in medicine. Um, For a lot of other topics, there's reasons why you might want to generate more data for a a given area with a GAN. If you want to, for example, support a language that isn't spoken very commonly, it might help to generate more data for that language. Or there's a startup called view.ai that allows people to visualize themselves in clothes available from a retailer. Traditionally, you'd have to rely on the re- retailer having hired a model who looks kind of like you. And now you can use the GAN from view.ai to generate um, somebody you know, who's your, your race, your skin color, your hair color, your body shape. Um, it makes the whole model photography process a lot more inclusive in that sense. So I think there's a lot of different things that you can do. Those are just a few things starting to scratch at the surface.
0: Thanks. Uh, I think Anima had touched on this a little bit uh, before in terms of how GANs, there's still a gap between GANs in the real world and decision-making environments uh, versus an understanding where they do learn and are effective and where they might fail. Uh, Ian, did you want to touch a bit about this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's also pretty similar to what Andrew said about how supervised deep learning went from the lab to the real world. The state of GANs today kind of reminds me of the state of supervised deep learning, maybe like circa 2012 that it used to really take a wizard to train a deep learning system. And to some extent today, GANs are still like that. Now, deep learning is considered relatively reliable, and it's because we found all these nice recipes like always using ReLUs, always using Momentum maybe having a few technologies that didn't radically change the paradigm, but made it so much more reliable, like Atom and Resnets. I'm hoping that we get those kinds of reliability technologies that help us to apply GANs in lots of applications without needing a, a GAN wizard.
2: Yeah, you one know, one of the interesting things to me, it's just really going off Ian's comment. One of the interesting things to me is that um, a, a, a problem, if I may, about about the whole GAN world is we don't have very good evaluation metrics, and so we tend to generate it. I would go, "Ooh, this looks great." Um, in fact, one of the pieces of work that I uh, I found really interesting was was some of Sharon's work uh, on hype. Uh, showing you know how challenging it is and how problematic it is to use some of the automated evaluation metrics. And I think I think this contributes to the need for GAN wizards because the right wizard looks at it and their eyeball says, Oh, I got you know, it's clearly mode collapse. I'm gonna do this or something. I, actually Sharon, don't mean to put you on the spot. I know you're the moderator, but since you're a world expert on this, do you wanna do you wanna say anything about, about this problem?
0: I think evaluation is a big problem in GANs and it- you'll get to learn about it in the specialization. Um, But because it is a problem, I think it very much depends on your downstream task and what you want to use your GAN for. Um, So your GAN can help your other AI models, which is cool, but then you can evaluate your GAN based on how much it does help your uh, downstream AI model, like classification, segmentation, um, and the like, Uh, or it could be around realism. And then I think it's really important that we have humans in the loop um, who who we humans uh, are the gold standard, perhaps, of uh, evaluating realism.
2: And in terms of democratizing uh, uh, GANs, which which Ian was talking about, I think uh, some of the really interesting work was the work by the NVIDIA group, uh, open sourcing stuff, so the rest of us could use it. So I've I've gone to the NVIDIA website and then looked at uh, maybe Anima Yeah,
4: and I'm happy to announce just a few days ago, we announced the release of Imagineer. So that's all the, you know, very sophisticated and cutting-edge GAN models. We've now put them all in one place. You know, Mingyu's group has uh, worked hard to have a hackathon for the past six months and uh, get all that in great shape so that uh, everyone can use it. So uh, we'd love for more people to check this out uh, through this you know, throughout this course and maybe adopt some of those models.
0: Very cool, thank you. I'm really excited about that and was following the the tweet on that pretty closely. Um, Maybe switching gears and thinking about our audience members uh, a bit um, and thinking about what they can do to prepare um, to be a a good GAN researcher or practitioner um, or student in general, uh, Alexi, maybe to start, uh, what makes a good AI researcher in your lab, and what characteristics what characteristics do you see in your students that that you like?
3: Well, I mean, my lab is is is. Uh, I'm pretty happy to say that all, the main characteristic of my students and and me also is we're all a little bit crazy. I think it it it's kind of uh, important to be a little bit crazy if you want to do research and. Um, I think really it's it's the same things that you know is any discipline. You want to you you know you want to be imaginative. You don't want to focus on short term. You don't want to have you know focus on getting papers out every you know three weeks. Um, I think it's all about having some kind of thing that you really really want to do and and just just trying to go there. I, what I tell my students is. Don't stress out about all these papers. this this you know the 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 faucet is open on archive. and like there's so many papers coming out every day. There's so many papers being published. You know there is there is this idea in 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 um in medicine, you know when they graduate from law uh, from medical school, they tell you, uh, there is a concept of half-life of knowledge. So they say, okay, you know, remember, five years from now, half of what we have taught you in medical school will turn out to be false right just because you know science moves forward and i think in ml and in gans that that number is maybe 3 months half life of knowledge in gans is about 3 months so i would not worry about every single paper every single thing every single trick you know it's fine you can wait a little bit and see if it actually works if it sees if it takes off i don't read every paper if like, for example, you know, if the paper only has faces in it, I don't read it because we know that faces are easy. Faces worked 20 years ago using active appearance models. So if they, they need to try something harder or if they just have, you know, MNIST or something, CIFAR, you know, I wait until they try it on harder data sets. So that kind of cuts out a lot of the chatter. So I would just not worry and not be stressed out because if you have a good idea, it you know, just go for it. It will come out.
0: Definitely. And uh, I, I will say, I have been scooped before. I think I was thinking about doing a semi supervised GAN at some point, <laughs> uh, looking to NVIDIA. But, um, uh, Anima, as a fellow woman in AI, I and others definitely look up to you for advice and inspiration. And it's without a doubt that you've lended incredible support uh, to your students and your role model to a lot of women uh, looking to go into AI. What advice would you give to the women and girls tuning in and who are learning AI?
4: Thank you, Sharon. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see more diversity and inclusion uh, in our field. I think there's been incredible awareness in the last few years. And, uh, uh, you know, the majority has been supportive and positive, right? So despite all the trolling and the some of the negativity, I think the positivity overwhelms at the end of the day. And that's why I continue to speak out and I continue to make sure that we create a healthy environment for everyone uh, in the community. And so what I would say is to keep fighting, you know, if you are seeing a problem, uh, you know, whether it's a technical problem or it's a societal problem, right? It's something you care about. You may not see the immediate returns. You have to, uh, you know, not only fight for it, also find the allies, find uh, your support network, and also learn how to communicate well, because whether it's a research aspect or, right, everything else, we want to see change in the community. I think at the end of the day, we need that support network and uh, uh, we need to make sure that we create the awareness.
0: Definitely. And on the business side, for those tuning in on the business side, as a successful CEO, founder and professor, Andrew, what's your secret in uh, managing your time and keeping yourself updated on AI? And what kind of advice would you give uh, to folks tuning in from the business side, should they take this specialization?
2: Yeah, actually, before I answer, just just shout to 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 an for really consistently speaking up on social matters, at issue that that matter, I feel like we live in a world where there are, you know lots of ups and downs, and and uh, I I guess uh, uh, watching the U.S. political um, U.S. presidential debate just last night, I think it's more important than ever. Uh, that when all of us have a strong opinion on something, right or wrong, that we speak up because I think every voice matters. I think Anima has been a consistent voice in that. Uh, uh, and, and I think that's great. And I think Sharon, you know, uh, released an app on the internet uh, to help anonymize protesters, you know, to, to protect them. And I think it's wonderful that Sharon just woke up and said, this is a social cause. I'm a deep learning researcher. I want to build this because I can make the world a better place. So I think every one of you watching this online your voice matters. Don't ever think that, you know, individually our voices are limited, but collectively, we, the AI community, are incredibly powerful, but only if all of us speak up um about the things that matter so that we can shift the whole world toward doing more of the things we want that make people better off. Um and 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 so and and I think um uh and and so to to, to answer Sharon's question, so much is happening. Um uh really honest, we one one of the one of my honest sources of knowledge is the badge, uh which deep AI publishes. Um there's a large team of writers uh that that our editor-in-chief Ted Greenwald organizes to try to synthesize the most important AI news uh, uh, to share in a very succinct form with everyone. Um the, huge, the issue that's going out later today uh, of the Vag is a GAN special issue. So covers a bunch of cool research on GAN, some of which I actually honestly did not know about myself until you know Ted and his team found those stories and synthesized them. So I actually use that. And then I think, fortunately also to have friends, um, uh, my, 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 just, to be completely honest my, my personal number one source of knowledge on GANs is actually Sharon uh, she, Sharon tells me when she sees something cool so, so that's 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 fun but I find that um having friends you can talk to to read papers together to brainstorm together uh, uh, it, it has been a very important part of um how I keep up to date and so I encourage others you know to form a community you you you, you none of us uh, none of us should have to do this alone. So make friends, form a community and work with them because we're we're, we're all really much better and much stronger together.
0: Thank you, that's powerful. Uh, The newsletter, The Batch actually has an interview with Ian as well in it, um, which I hope you all check out. Uh, And I think this would be a question for all of you on how do you stay up to date on the latest machine learning research? uh, Maybe starting with Ian?
1: Yeah, at Apple, we actually have an event called Paper Party, where once a week, we have people get together and share a paper. And I think that's really powerful because only the person presenting it needs to have read it. It's hard to get everyone in a discussion group to read a paper, but one person can explain it succinctly to other people. And then beyond that, just like how Andrew relies on you for updates about GANs, I have friends in different subject matter areas that keep me up to date. I actually read very few papers. I I mostly discuss them with other people, and that's and through events like Paper Party, that's how I stay up to date.
0: Great. I, I know my fa- my favorite kind of paper group was definitely one where there were no expectations going in to have read a paper. Uh, we just read while you're there together, <laughs> which is nice. Um, Anima, how do you stay up to date?
4: Yeah, I mean, some of the reading groups are great, especially if they are involving people, right, in a broader community or coming from different areas. So we can look at different papers, not just in a narrow topic. But mostly, again, I don't read papers. Most of the time, I also don't encourage my students to read papers just on archive. So we almost, like, you know, most of the time, it's a thought process, right? We are saying, why is this say problem hard and what could be a new thing that's uh, can be done right what is the barrier now and then maybe look back and see if others have looked at similar ideas so i encourage them to first come up with ideas on their own and then maybe check back and see if that's already been done and if somebody has done it great you know that means they were thinking in the right direction if not then there are new topics so I think encouraging more creativity and original thought is really important in this mad rush of uh, papers we see on our car.
0: It's very true. When I saw semi style again, I was like, I, I'm so glad NVIDIA did this. I would never be able to do something that awesome. Uh, Alexi? Um, I,
3: I, I also don't read as many papers as I would like to. And I, I rely on my students, really, to tell me what's what's cool and what's working i i, I like to read older papers i can i feel a little bit bad that we are reading less papers especially because i put so much blood sweat and tears into my papers you know i it's kind of a every every paper is like the introduction i try to make it all very you know Tolstoyan and papers <laughs> and, but but it's kind of it's harder and harder because because i know that less and less people read them so I, I think I think it's good to read papers. I would just encourage you to use time as as a filter. Read older papers. You know the older papers are still good. In fact, you will find a lot of really cool things in older papers. And so, just wait until you realize that this is actually something that's really working, and then go back and 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 read the paper. That's that's my advice.
0: And to those older papers, the ones that have stood the test of time, or perhaps your newer ones, did you want to share any of your work uh, in art using GANs to the
3: audience? Well, actually, I I I don't I, I do want to mention about uh, art, um, uh, and it, it's something that's really kind of connects with 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 uh, with people talking about the different uh, different uh, things that GANs were, were 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 are used for. For us, it was really kind of amazing. So we we came out with picks to pics, and then within with you know we we put the date we put the code online, and then within like a couple of weeks, uh, a friend of Phil Philizola's, uh, uh, Christopher Hayes, created this very cute little uh, 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 online app <coughs> to create you know cats from edges, and then kind of what kind of started really quickly is that people just started doing crazy things with this app and doing things that none of us really expected. So this is kind of different different things that people have gone online and you know people started to do it with faces. And and it's it's we realized that there was some kind of a creative energy. And even, you know, Jan Jan did a one for us here. And then um, my wonderful colleague uh, um, uh, Aaron Hertzman from Adobe who is really kind of, under, kind of interested in this kind of connection of art and 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 technology he pointed me out to just a, a, an avalanche of absolutely amazing artists who are using gans to 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 you know improve their to to create art and and so mario klingben is one of the first ones that really i mean it this is something that to me Feels like this is we are actually doing something good here by by giving the artists a new tool, a new brush. Uh, in fact, uh, this is a, a, a artist I, I met Helena H- 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 Sarin, who you know she was she was a she was a, she's a software engineer and she's also an artist. And then when she learned about GANs, she was like, "Wow, I can come connect those two things together." And I, I like what she says. She says, "My watercolor teacher used to say that let the medium do it." Try trust through that. Say, say my sketch provides a foundation, and then the network does this thing. I don't fight. I constantly tweak the, the gan to uh, the can brush. Right. So so it's kind of the idea of gan not as you know computers creating art, but as a as as a brush to to unleash the creativity uh, of, of of artists. And and this is another wonderful artist, Scott Eaton, that I I, I was happy to visit. And and what he does is he basically. He sketches things and then he essentially runs pics to picks using some of the data that he, he has photographed himself of, 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 uh, of uh of uh of uh of uh uh in his studio to to create these kind of impossible sculptures. And it's kind of amazing how well the GAN is able to kind of capture the the shading, the consistency of tone, and and yet it's it is very much something different and something weird and so finally i wanted to kind of shout out to this wonderful uh website by joel simon who uh who is called art breeder and and it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to 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 try to kind of unleash your creativity with very simple set of kind of rules where you basically you're just kind of a you're working in the GAN space i think they use big GAN and you kind of can combine different uh, latent vectors together and 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 the the power of it is that it's a community effort it's shareable and and some really really impressive and and amazing works come out of this. so so this is this is just i think something that that is kind of to me at least it was unexpected i think i think maybe ian would also not have expected this that there's the whole community of artists kind of jumping on this and and doing things that we technology folks would never would never think of. And I think that this is just wonderful.
0: Absolutely. I really like Alana uh book uh, using GANs and illustrations using GANs, um, as well as Art Breeder. I love Art Breeder. You can actually, they, they use style GAN as well, and you can actually upload a photo of yourself and adapt it uh, because they have disentangled it essentially. Uh, and you can make yourself older or younger uh, and look to look all sorts of different things. And uh, regarding pix to pix the first model from edges to cats, uh, you will get to uh, implement that um, and learn about that in the specialization as well. <laughs> cool, well, we have a couple minutes left. So before we wrap up the panel discussion, uh, I'd like to ask each of you to give kind of a one or two liner for our learners who are building their careers in AI and getting into GANs. Maybe starting with Andrew?
2: Um, sure. So maybe just one example. Um, you know, uh, read the Cycle GAN paper a long time ago, right? Cool result. This is iconic turn horses into zebras picture. Uh, and when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I thought, all right, how often do I want to turn a picture of horse into zebra? Not that often. So sometimes people do ask, you know, what, what, what are GANs useful for? Um, and then just earlier this week, I came across a paper by uh, University of Wisconsin and NIH, National Institute of Health, that was taking contrast CT images, uh, basic x-ray images with a dye, and turning them into x-ray images without other dye to feed to supervised learning algorithm to train for medical imaging. I thought, wow, this is really cool. This thing that was originally published as turning zebras and you know, horses into zebras, which sounds fun and really cool, you know, looks like there's a real application of it to, to, to medical imaging. Um, so oh and 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 we 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 wound up covering this paper in the batch as well which we got today but but to me um there's so much room for creativity that i think if someone wants to break into gans uh, this is a good time because there's still so much room for so many applications, be it autistic ones, like art breeder, or small data supervised learning ones like the medical imaging one I just described or probably lots of other stuff that no one, you know, today has even thought of or is working on. So I think sometimes as as I think Alexi uh, uh, said just now, you, and then sometimes you'll be a little, a little bit stubborn, you know, chase your dream or chase your beliefs and just keep working on it until it works. Uh, maybe one, one strange connection first GPU server at Stanford was built by Ian and his roommate way back. And that helped you know, spur a lot of the work that, that now right, NVIDIA did. And I think it was because Ian way back thought, uh, I want to build a GPU server that influenced you know, my group's work way back then. So, and I think GAN offers a package of really cool algorithms that, that, lets, that, that are mature enough to use in many places, but also has a lot of room for creativity. So I hope, I hope people do that.
4: Anima next. So that's that's great what Andrew said. I completely agree. I would add uh, in addition to also look into the foundations, right? So at Caltech, I teach foundations of machine learning. It's always good to start from first principles. You know, if you're now thinking this as a min-max game, you know, what does game theory tell us? You know, even in simple cases like a bilinear game between two players, what is known, right? So thinking some of that could give you then intuitions on even how to tune complicated GANs ultimately, right? So I think having a good foundation and some uh, solid um, principled approaches uh, will help us understand uh, these very complex uh, GANs hopefully better. I mean, we're still not completely there, uh, but I encourage you to think about the foundations. And Ian?
1: I think in research or in industry or anything you want to do, really, you should think about how can I do something that's different from what everyone else is doing? If you go for the most obviously promising thing, you'll you'll get scooped, um, as, as Sharon has said. I think one way that you can avoid getting scooped with GANs is to try to break out of the mold of mostly using GANs for images. and Think about using GANs for industrial design, medicine, any number of things that move beyond just making raster grids. And certainly other people have done this so far, but that's a much emptier field than the very crowded image field. And I think venturing out there will pay big dividends for your career.
0: I agree, and Alexi?
3: First, let me just—I I, want to do a little tiny pushback on on using uh, uh, on using things like CycleGAN for 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 medicine. I think in medicine, I think we just need to be very very careful because I have you know every month I, I get doctors calling me up and and telling me, oh, we want to use uh, CycleGAN to create new more you know more X-ray data or more uh, 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 you know MRI data and and. Fundamentally, one has to remember, GANs are all about hallucinating content, right? So you have to be just super, super careful. So I I would just, I think, I think it's possible to do interesting things in medical uh, applications with GANs, but I think you need to be just extra, extra careful because this is not horses and zebras, right? This is like human life. So I would just add some caution to 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 using gans in the medical domain in particular but i think i think definitely research should continue in that direction as far as um, as far as kind of advice i think if especially if you're doing research if you want to be a researcher i think it's all about having fun you need to enjoy what you're doing because if you know, being a researcher is hard. You know, your papers get scooped, your papers get rejected. It's 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 tough. You know, you don't. It's not a nine to five job. You know, you're you're a researcher twenty four seven. So you need to be enjoying it. You need to find something that you actually love because otherwise, it's just not worth it. So just try to try to have fun.
0: I totally agree with that. Uh, though on the medical side, I will seek to prove you wrong in a few months.
1: Right. <laughs> um, <Great. Great. laughs> I, 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 and I definitely agree with that, Yoshi, you should be careful, but I think that's part of why we want machine learning experts working in that area, is if someone who only knows medicine sees a paper on GANs and says, you know, give me some of that horse to zebra magic for MRIs, they're not going to understand all the things that can go wrong in the ways that a real machine learning expert can. So it's part of this community's responsibility to be careful and thoughtful about those high stakes applications.
0: And I think it's really important to be highly collaborative. It's both on our side and on the medical side. Um, and this brings back evaluation to every kind of medical project that we do in our lab. We very much have doctors in the loop looking at, you know, a GAN-generated image and saying, did it hallucinate cancer or remove cancer? And that cannot, it must maintain that label, right, for it to be useful. Um, so to find those applications, I think it's I think it's really important to make sure that there is Uh, there's a lot of collaboration and um, conversation going on and learning from both sides, of course.
4: I mean, I completely agree with that, right? So the collaboration has to be like completely integrated. It's not like, you know, take this Gantt package and (laughs) go off and do this, right? Because the question is, what are the metrics again in medicine that is accepted. In many cases, even that's not there, right? It's not, uh, again, one quantifiable metric in many cases, even doctors disagree. Uh, And uh, I've been working with Andrew Hung who's a professor of uh, urology at uh, USC and we haven't gone to Gansett, we are doing just the first steps of understanding gestures in robotic surgery and how to do that accurately and hence give feedback ultimately to surgeons on how they did different gestures and what were the outcomes and uh, yeah that's opened my eyes into uh, the kind of complexity that goes into you know deciding what is a gesture this was this an effective one or not Right, so I think uh, my advice would be uh, similar to what Alyosha uh, said that maybe do baby steps, right? You don't have to do GANs uh, to begin with, just do very simple supervised learning, see what uh, uh, accuracies you're getting. And also think about the diversity. For instance, there've been a lot of uh, apps for detecting skin cancer, and but they're mostly trained on lighter skin and, uh, And there could also be lots of other uh, spurious things. I think I saw a tweet where I think the purple marker was the one it was, uh, you know, all fitting into, right? So be very careful uh, in terms of the data and in terms of what kind of data is being used.
0: Absolutely. Um, so thank you, every everyone on the panel. I, I'll now be sourcing questions from our YouTube chat. Uh, so if you are watching and you have some questions, please post there and we'll be uh, addressing them as they come. Um, so this speaks to kind of what uh, Ian was uh, talking about in terms of use GANs for something else. Think about other things that you can use GANs for. Uh, and one audience uh, member asked, are there any applications of GANs in NLP and can we use GANs for NLP data augmentation? Ian, did you want to take that? Anyone
1: can... I'm maybe not up to date on this topic. As Alyosha said, the half-life of GAN knowledge can often be like three months. NLP has definitely been one of the areas that's been harder to tackle with GANs. I read a paper, with lead author Liam Fetus back in about 2017 called mask GAN Filling in the Blank, where we thought we had gotten GANs to make uh, sentences that were more structured and grammatical and meaningful, but uh, lower probability than you would get from traditional maximum likelihood text modeling. Um, later, Liam actually did some follow-up work where he showed with other people that the mask GAN was not really any better than a probabilistic model you could get the same effect by uh, reducing the entropy of a traditional maximum likelihood model. So generative models, certainly you can use them in, in NLP and basically every NLP model that we see these days is a generative model in some ways. Again, GANs specifically seem a lot harder to, deploy, to apply in that particular domain.
0: Cool, another question is uh, how, how can GANs be used for style transfer and yes we saw it could be uh from alexi's uh amazing presentation and but how can it be how is it similar uh to original neural style transfer algorithms alexi do you want to take this one
3: so uh, okay i think i think there's it's there's there's kind of two separate directions i i I would say one is you know the kind of cute things that we uh, computer science geeks do like you know neural style transfer and uh you know uh different different kind of image to image translations like the stuff that we did and and separately from that is using GANs for artists by artists and remember the artists are going to be using whatever 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 they find you know they can download a Pix2Pix or CycleGAN or Neural style transfer, but that's not really the important part. The important part is not the technology. The important part is what they do with it. And and sometimes they take the most silly old school stuff and make amazing art with it. So I think this is kind of a a separate thing. So in terms of like Neural Style Transfer, the the Gattis paper, I I really love that paper. That was a beautiful paper, but that's not really, I would not call that art. That is just kind of a, a cool, you know, instagram filter or something right because it's it's not there is no soul there and 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 so i think we as you know technologists can provide all of these kind of little tools little brushes but i don't think we can claim anything more than just you know kind of cool filters and then we have to let the art community see you know what we offer pick what they like and and see what they do with it. So I I would I would focus on on kind of just letting the artist decide and let it, let let the you know they are the experts. They are the ones who are actually creating something that something that should art should touch your soul, you know. Horses horses to zebras, it's cute, right? But it's not it doesn't touch your soul. But the stuff that 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 for example uh, Helen does is is really just like I, 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 have, uh, you know, I have a book uh, of hers and I just, I, um, yeah, I, it's something that speaks to me, right? And I think that's kind of what we're trying to focus on um, with, with, with giving the artist that tool.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and this one would perhaps be directed to Anima with GPU memory and computing power continuing to grow. Uh, how do you see GANs being used with video or 3D data in the future?
4: I, yeah, I think you know it's an exciting time when it comes to the convergence of uh, data, compute, and algorithms. Right? That's what I like to call the trinity. And um, I mean, GPUs continue to get better. And there's also the convergence of the graphics and the AI side. In NVIDIA, you see that with DLSS, which is the deep learning based super sampling. So we are taking you know baby steps in terms of how to speed up graphics. But the question again is, what can traditional graphics too versus GANs, right? I mean, should you just replace everything with GAN or maybe some of it can be still the, the, you know, fixed computing? I think that's what we will uh, look into in the coming years, how to have uh, really fast, efficient uh, rendering you know both not just 2D 3D and uh, also looking at multimodal uh, data with uh, both images and lidar for instance in autonomous driving so in all these cases how to uh, speed up uh, the generation of um, such uh, images uh, but also right look at very high quality photorealistic uh, uh, setup and ultimately uh, be able to create new shapes new concepts I think that would be the next round, not just to speed up what's existing, but to create uh, better assets. And uh, uh, I don't think we'll create new art, but at least we'll create, I think, uh, more assets in terms of uh, 3D shapes uh, to then help us with other downstream tasks.
0: Thank you, Anima. And one last question, I'll direct this to Andrew since you did touch on this a bit. What are the ethical concerns about pursuing GAN research or perhaps just applying GANs as it relates to deep fakes? We already live in a political environment where what's quote unquote true is already vigorously contested.
2: You know, I think that uh, almost many many AI technologies can be used for tremendous benefits to everyone, but also has uh, very problematic use cases. So I think that it is up to um, everyone across society, all of all, every single engineer, uh, every company, uh, governments, for profits, non profits, to try to swing the put up put a thumb on the scale to try to make sure that applications are built that make people better off. I don't think we're very good yet at making sure organizations have the appropriate. Um, ethics committees, I don't think we're very good yet at making sure that, you know, individual engineers are fully empowered to raise issues and debate them vigorously and put, really refuse to participate in projects that we don't think are moving forward. Um, for myself, I do kill projects if I don't think they move the world forward. Uh, I've killed multiple projects that, you know, look like it could be, uh, Profitable, but I don't think makes the world better off. I, mean, I just kill them, just based on that reason. But I'd love to see everyone across society empowered to to, to do that in a more consistent way. Um, I think one thing that we do need is for everyone to just speak up more when when these issues arise, so we can have that nuanced debate. And some of these things are difficult. You know, should you build a technology or not? Sometimes it's actually not clear if you're making the world better off or not. But I think having people empowered um, to debate that. Uh, surface issues will mean that on average, we make better decisions in society. So maybe I want to say, do pay attention to this, you know, technology is really powerful. So this ethics stuff is not just something to let someone else worry about. I think it's something that every one of us should, should think about and worry about because this is important for all of us building this.
0: Yes, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Um, So thank you panelists for your insights and discussion here. And thank you speakers, Animan Ian for joining us today. Um, And for our audience, stick around for the last 10 minutes. I'll be giving you a sneak peek into the GAN specialization right now.
4: Thanks a lot, Sharon. You're fantastic. (laughs) Thanks for organizing all this. (laughs) Bye.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this special clip. I hope you learned a lot and are inspired and consider taking the GAN specialization on Coursera. I believe you can take it for free, actually, if you audit it. And if you like this episode and the show in general, please leave us a rating and see you next week.